thank you for tuning in to another episode of Everyday King. This episode, we got a special guest. I've been kind of like rolling the dice and coming up lovely with the special guests that I've been having on the show. This week, I don't want to say this week because I'm going to date it. So I'm going to say this episode that sounds a lot better. We have the amazing Peach Fuzz, who is a black social a black sex worker um, into BDSM, kink, and fetish. We're going to be talking about a lot of things from her sex work, um, being her own, you know, boss, um, being black in a community and a sexuality that seems that seems to be has been projected to be predominantly white. Um, we're also going to touch on that touchy subject of kink, BDSM, and fetish, and slavery. Oh, we about to get deep, people. We about to get deep. I hope you enjoy this episode. All right, everybody, we're back with another fun-filled episode of Everyday Kink. And once again, I've been able to secure a fun, amazingly beautiful guest. I was going to have two. Things didn't work out. We couldn't get to, but I got one, and that one was good enough that I'm happy. I'm satisfied. We have the very lovely Peach Fuzz. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you for having me. I'm well, so excited. We have to. We've been we've been planning this for a while, so I figured we got to make this work. We're gonna make this happen, and of course, we do this right as summer is dying down. People are going to feel that cold fall wind soon. And I'm bringing you heat. This is going to keep you warm. Yes. If you guys don't, you'll know by the time this is finished how this is going to heat up your life. So let's, let's, let's start with the most simple, 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 simple question. So in the world of BDSM and kink and fetish, are you more dom? Are you more sub? Or would you consider yourself a switch? For a long majority of my life, I thought I was a sub, but when I started to interact with more individuals a part of the lifestyle, it started to make me understand that, you know, I'm actually a switch. But I, I always assumed I was a sub because I've always had doms in my life mm-hmm. um, until I've had other subs come to me and ask me to dom them. And I just felt so comfortable with it. So I... No, for a fact, I'm a switch now. <laughs> Is there a difference in what you get when it comes to being a dom compared to what you get as a sub? Do you notice a difference or you still receive the same type of, you know, energy from either side? I think it all depends on the person because I'm, I'm more of a giver. So I just, I really want people to enjoy their experience with me 100%. So me being a dom, I'm more of a um, sensual, affectionate dom. I want you to really, like, I'll do what you like me to do. If you want to be cursed the fuck out, I'll do that. But there's always going to be a force field of love wrapped around that. And that's just because I'm a giver. And I just really, really, even if you're myself, I just really want you to be able to get the same satisfaction that I feel like I'm receiving from you. And I can't say that that's for everybody because I know some people, they 
they're being doms. They want to be a dom to have that power. Yeah. Um, but me, I'm different. I just look at it like you gave me the opportunity to be with you just as much as I accepted that opportunity. So it's a 50-50. Smart. I like that. I like that. See, people that transfer power. I told you guys about that before. A lot of people misunderstand the transfer of power between a dom and a sub. I say this every podcast. I'm going to say it on this one. You can be a sub without a dom. It is possible for you mm-hmm. to do that. You cannot be a dom without a sub. Mm-hmm. It just does not work. So the subs are just as important, if not more important in a relationship than a dom. That's why you must treat them with the utmost respect. As she just said, you got to wrap everything in that loving care. It's not a power thing. It's it's a respect, honor, and enjoyment thing mm-hmm. and a trust thing. I think a lot of doms, I'm doing air quotes right now, doms nowadays have watched Fifty Shades of Grey or listened to their favorite rap song and they've misconstrued mm-hmm. what being a dom is. But I can rant on that forever. Tell us about how you got into kink and BDSM and fetish. Like what what kind of clicked in you that said, oh, this is something I may be interested in? Yeah, I think um, mine stemmed from a traumatic experience. Like I feel like a lot of individuals who are in the kinky realm... Um, has happened to them also. So uh, growing up, I wasn't really educated about sex and, you know, about consent and what's right and wrong. So I did have boyfriends that took advantage of me um, doing certain things that you see in the BDSM that more or less was torture. So that's why I I try to stay away from that Mm -hmm. part. So there are some stuff that I won't do because I I just haven't found a comfort level with it. there's also other things like um, mental control, like not allowing me to just be me, dress the way I want to dress, just express myself the way that I felt like I wanted to. So I, I think a lot of my exes tried to control my overall life instead of me giving them the opportunity to dominate me this way, dominate me that way. It was not really my choice. And as I grew up, I started to see, oh, this is this wasn't right. Like, I thought in my head, oh, this is what you have to do because he's your dom. You're his sub. You got to listen this way. That's what the relationship is. But that's not the relationship. It, it should never be like that. True. You should have 100% control of anything. And even if you're in a situation where you're giving everybody the control over you in that moment. That still should be your decision. So in turn, it is still, you're still in control of it. Um, And it's like, you know, I think also living in a society where, you know, man's opinion or, you know, women are kind of looked down upon. So a lot of women are afraid to speak up. So I've never actually had that friend I can go and talk to about this type of, you know, situations because a lot of my friends were actually in abusive relationships too. So... Um, mine actually went more so into the BDSM rim though. Um, when I got into sex work, I started understanding kinks more. I started understanding fetishes more. And I think that's what really helped me, you know, understand where my stance was in my past relationships and actually helped me analyze the current relationship I'm in now with, um, 
Dorky Darian, who is my dom. Um, and he, the reason why he became my dom is because we, we got together one night and um, had amazing sex, amazing. <laughs> and I've never, after I stopped dating, I've never let anybody like oppose their dominance on me. I just never felt comfortable with it again. But with him, it just felt so natural and I felt so safe and secure with it. And I just felt like this is where I needed to be. And he's never proven me wrong to this day. It's just been him trying to take care of me, trying to enhance my life, not control it. And I think that's a big step in the right direction. I like that. Like, see, part, part, there's that trust, that trust, respect, and honor that it plays a big part. And I'm glad, you know, you brought all that stuff up. I've always want, I always ask this question, especially to the black people in the BDSM kink fetish community, because we're such, we're seen as such a minority Mm -hmm. in that community, Mm -hmm. when in reality, we are such a large part of that community. Mm -hmm. How does it feel being someone of color in a... A, a field of sexuality and, and community and lifestyle that everybody sees as primarily a white person thing. Like BDSM, kink, all that stuff, that's a white person thing. Yeah. You know, it's not, like now it's getting a little bit better, but like how does it feel like yeah. being someone in the kink, kink world and, you know, people really see that as not something someone of your skin color should be or would be into? It is definitely like making its way out a little bit more now. People are starting to see it more and starting to become more popular. But yeah, because um, I've always expressed myself um, as a sub. I just always wore collars in out in public. No matter if I had a dom or not, I would just always express myself as a sub. So I think people will look at me and wear my outfits and just think, Oh, you know, she's like gothic or something like they yeah. I, I honestly I think that the, that's how they look at me like, oh yeah, that's just how she dressed. And I'm like, no, this is a sexual statement. And I think that a lot of people they don't see it as that because like you're saying, uh, we're the small minority. So when they look at it it's like, oh no, they can't have those same type of sexual fantasies that everybody else has. But the same way that they look at us and they think, you know, black people don't have like mental disabilities the same way that white people do. And it's, it goes the same way. So it's like they shine down on our sexual desire. Well, I wouldn't say shine down, but we don't really have a platform to express our sexual desires. Um, when I think about it, you know, we're in Hartford, Connecticut, and there's that sex club, Art Cinema. I've been there twice so far. Never seen um, anybody else of African American heritage. It's rare you're going to find people of color mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. Unless you go, there's, there's another one. Okay, people, I don't know if you guys know about this. There's another one called The Haven. And that used to be on Zion Street mm-hmm. in Hartford. But with the pandemic, everything shut down. But you're correct. Anybody, every time you talk to anybody about the Art Cinema, you know, you ask them, have you seen any black people, Spanish people, Asian people? It'd be the rarest occasion mm-hmm. where you would find that. And it's always fun. It's weird because it's like we are into it just as much as they are. Yeah. We should be able to go to those places. And if we can't go to places, where are, where's our place? Where's yeah. our place for you the kink what? and BDSM and fetish and stuff? The only time I actually got lucky enough to find... A, a diverse group, a mixture, not just, you know, minority, but a mixture, the farthest I can get is when people 
host their private parties. Um, usually they put up um, an ad or an event ad on like FetLife or something, and or they invite other people, other couples from far away. Like I know a lot of people travel from New York up here, and it that's the only time I'll re honestly see black people in the realm of like BDSM. When you even when you Google any information you want to know about BDSM, what do you see popping up? Majority of it is of white descent. Yeah. And I don't get that, honestly, because everybody has their own sexuality that should be able to be expressed. Like art and music. I don't get why it's just such a... I always go... It's funny, because even fetishes that are black-orientated, so you have your BBC fetish, mm-hmm. and nine times out of ten, it's always going to be guy with a big, big dick and then a small little white girl. Mm-hmm. Or you have your cuckold bull mm-hmm. fetish. It's always going to be, you know, white couple, black guy with the white wife. Mm-hmm. It's always going to be those things. Even, you know, even for black women, it's always going to be like the ratchet stuff. And it's like the ratchet girl, meaning the mm-hmm. high class white guy or like the stepdaughter. But it's 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 almost like we have such a domination in in the sex work industry now and then in the genres yet and still we're we're just kept in like this little separate mm-hmm. corner like we dominate the fetish i don't care what no one says you go to pornhub scroll through the first 20 videos i bet you at least half of them include someone of black color or spanish color in there somewhere mm-hmm. but you go to like these quote-unquote industry events or places that are made to promote, you know, fetish and BDSM and kink. Mm -hmm. And you hardly see any black people there. Or they never, like, feature any black performers, black sex workers. Mm -hmm. It's almost like we're only popular when it's time to get your nut off. And then once you get your nut off, okay, go, go, Mm -hmm. go back over there and then we'll call you when we need you. It's definitely unfortunate, and I noticed that when I was at Exotica, because there was a lot of, um, they had a dungeon there, they had a dungeon there, but, you know, nobody who was hosting the dungeon was of African-American descent. I didn't actually see anybody um, who did, there was like a lot of role-playing dungeon play, no one of African-American descent was there, and I know there was a lot of actual porn stars who um, specialize in um, dominatrix that were there and submissiveness, and I just think that they were... I don't I don't want to say isolated, but they were trying to create their own platform to be seen because I think that when, let's say, they go over there, they, their image kind of gets watered down because all you notice is just of Caucasian descent. Yeah. So you kind of look out of place, so no one's really going to be focused on you, you know? And it's unfortunate because, like I said, there's just so many people that I've been connecting with. Like, I'm going to go down in a DMV and um, work with someone who is really into role play and I, I've never experienced that myself because it's just so hard to for me at least to find somebody I'm comfortable with doing it. I wanna do it with my kings. I don't want as far as BDSM, I don't want to have a Dom who is not of African American descent. That's that is for me spiritually, that part of love has to be kept within the culture. Um, that's just how I personally feel. I will always have a sub of any ethnicity. I'm a lover of any ethnicity, but to me, 
my dom has to be of our culture. It's like if I marry somebody, I want them to be of our culture. Same way my sexual energy, my sexual health is being distributed with somebody else. They have to be of the culture. I'm glad you brought that up. So, that, so people, this is where we get to the, the fork and roll. So we can keep this interview nice and calm or I can ask you a question that is a question I don't think people talk about that much because it's like a really heavy subject. Yeah. I'm going to give you the choice because normally I just throw it on people. <laughs> I'm going to give you the choice now to say let's keep it light and, and fun or we can we can touch on like a little heavy subject. We can we can touch on it. You know, it might be an unpopular opinion, but oh, that's per- I'm we, here we, to share. Well, we love those here. We yeah, love those I'm here. here. This to is share your platform. My opinion, so. So, <laughs> one of the things I think about um, as someone who's in the BDSM community, community, I do shibari, wax play, mm-hmm. breath play, night play, all that fun stuff. One of the things that came up, I was talking to another another black dom, female. Lovely girl. We had this conversation and we talked about the connection between BDSM, kink, and fetish, chains, ropes, being tied up, collars. You know where I'm about to go, right? Yes. And it's funny that you brought that up because that's that's one of the things that I, I'll see in the BDSM because I'll see a lot of solo girls promoting their content that way. Like they'll do their solo rope play or they'll do like you know, whips and stuff. And it's just the context of everything. Because if you think about it, slavery, half the devices that they use in dungeons is the same devices they use in slavery or in our ancestors. So it's just like, it's hard for me to 100% accept the BDSM realm for how it is now. That's literally why I will only do the submissiveness with my kings. Because I know that they're not going to treat me in a way that it's going to be some... And it can happen unintentionally. Like, you can get, I can get with a Caucasian male and he can do some, like, whip me or something. He doesn't know. He doesn't know that. He doesn't know. It could be an accident, really. But it's just, you don't understand the history behind it, but I do. So, you have to, before you enter this world with somebody who does have a history, my, my answers have a history of being whipped and beaten. You can't do certain stuff with me that you want to do. <laughs> it's just not going to work out. I always say, I always felt like, so there was a time where people were saying that the reason why a lot of rappers and a lot of black people use the word nigga, don't anybody else say that. I can say that I'm black. If you're not black, please, I'm just, for your health, don't do it. Mm-hmm. But So they can reclaim the power from the word. And one of the theories I've heard people talk about in the realm of BDSM is black people have started to kind of infiltrate this whole genre as a way to reclaim that and reclaim that control. But I always go, that always gets muddy if you're a person of color who does it with someone of Caucasian descent. If you're a black sub with a white male dom, so have you. To me, that runs the the really tight line of traumatizing and like just getting off. Or if you're a black guy who's a dom or a black woman who's a dom with a white submissive, it runs the, I want my reparations. I haven't gotten my 40 acres in a mule, so your ass mm-hmm. is paying back. So it's like, I always go, it's such a weird thing that I don't think people, especially black people in the fetish community, talk about because it's such like a, 
It's I a just, weird subject. It's like a very a weird, weird sensitive is, subject. It is. It really is. And I feel that, um, you know, like you were saying, it's, it's presenting yourself as a black woman. Because I, 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 do, I do femdom. So presenting myself as a black woman who could potentially um, dominate a white man, you would never see that in real life. Never. Yeah. Because I'm supposed to be out in society presenting myself as this little innocent black woman who's smiling all day, happy, don't talk back to nobody. So when I do that with a white man, I feel empowered. I feel empowered. I can't say that I am be in the same situation where a white man's dominating me and I feel empowered. No, no, not at all. Mm-hmm. I feel that I would be taken advantage of. And I'm not sure if it's because of my past experiences or my knowledge of everything that's happened um, in American history. It's just I could not give a white man that much power to just be able to control me. And I know there are some women in interracial relationships who are dating guys who they feel are woke. You know, they're very liberal. They pay attention to all these um issues happening in the black community they actually listen to her stories about her growing up and stuff and i 100 percent applaud interracial relationships but i'm just like how woke can you be because you can't experience the same stuff that she experienced there's only a certain level there's only a certain certain point you can go to yeah it's on your level and i feel the same way when you enter the bdsm realm so when you try to do certain stuff like you know all the i'm speaking predominantly about the torture aspects of it when you try to do that you have to have an understanding, and it's really about communication too. And I just think that the intentions are different if you have a black man and a white man. That's just how I look at it. That's true. That's true. This is, the, this is why I said this is one of those heavy subjects. I like to throw that subject out there because I like to hear what people's reaction are because it's so different depending on if you're male, mm-hmm. if you're female, if you're in sex work, if you're not in sex mm-hmm. work, if you're white, if you're black. There's always these certain different pieces of this subject that, you know, one day I'm just going to put together an event where we're just going to have all the black sex workers who are into fetish and dom stuff and submissive stuff. And we're going to sit down, we're going to throw this subject on the table, mm-hmm. and we're just going to let it all out for like an hour and a half and just see. Oh, I think it'd be a longer conversation. What we, than that. Yeah, I, I, we'll have to break it up into pieces, <laughs> but I figured like the first initial, let's just let's just dip our toes in it and just see how like how deep it gets because even. So even the subject of being someone who's come from a sexually traumatic upbringing or an abusive upbringing and then finding yourself in the world of BDSM and kink, that is another subject which is like, we can unpack that box for years and years. I'm not going to do that to you. We're going to bring you back. I hope you want to come back, but we're going to bring yes, you back. Bring and we're going to have you touch on that. But I want, I would be remiss if I didn't talk about the sex work part yes. of your life. Yes. Um, so you have OnlyFans. Yes. You also have your own website. Do, I, do you have yes, your own? Yes, I have three. Three, yeah. yeah. Entrepreneur right there. <laughs> Entrepreneur. So first off, how does it feel? Because having an OnlyFans page, you're cutting the middleman out. You're cutting the middle man out of the equation and you're taking to a degree you're taking control of your sexuality and how you make money and how 
you see your image being used to make money. How has that empowered you where it's not, I'm not relying on these big companies yeah. run by men dictating what I shoot, how I shoot it? Because you, I do research, people, I know. Oh, God, you really did research <laughs> on a sex worker? How hard? Yeah, get it. <laughs> but I love her stuff because she has a geeky aspect to it, and I'm a geek. So whenever someone appeals to that crowd, I go, bravo, because not many people do it. So how does it feel to be able to do this on your terms, your way, the way you want to do it? How does that make you feel? It makes me feel like the happiest girl in the world. You know me, I think it's me being a feminist, I'm always, always about like woman empowerment and women putting themselves first and not having to rely on anybody. And I think that is like a woman owning her sexuality and doing what it is that she wants, not what other people want, is just like an amazing thing to see because you're owning yourself. Um, and I think me being a sex worker, I actually didn't start off in porn. I started off as being an exotic dancer first. So that was like the highlight of my whole life. Just just stop working for people, work for myself, make my own schedule, take on the clients I want to take, not that I have to. And I can't say that, you know, every girl in the sex work industry had the same um, privileges as I did. But I know, like, if you have a platform like OnlyFans, you do have the ability to do what you want with it. So you can get as creative as you want with it. And that's what I ended up doing. A lot of people don't know I got my college degree in digital media. So all my videos and stuff, I would actually say, like, 95% of my videos are edited and directed by me. And then I do other people's stuff, too. So it's just, like, that bit of creativity that you can do. Like, I had a scene with... um. I had a scene that me and my friend were gonna do about us doing like some cosplay and we're gonna make it into like edit, put captions at the bottom, make it into like a manga kind of looking video. And that on its own, I'm just like, yo, that's so cool. Cause like if I got booked and booked and booked by companies, it would just feel like work. It would literally just feel like people are using me. I'm building up their brand instead of building up And my you wouldn't brand. have that freedom to do mm -hmm. that idea. It'd mm -hmm. be. Your typical guy, girl, mm -hmm. girl, girl, guy, mm -hmm. girl, girl, and guy. And it wouldn't be something like, let's do some cosplay, throw right. some manga, some sound effects, right. put some music behind it. You wouldn't get that freedom that you have now. Right. Not that it's not fun to do those types of shoots. It's just repetitive. After a while, anything that's repetitive, you're going to get tired of. Yeah. Anything. You're going to have your good days where you love it. Anything that you do that day, you're going to love. Then you have your bad days where you're just not in the mood because you're tired of doing the same repetitiveness. So it's good to be able to venture out. And I think that's what I really like most about my brand is like the nerdiness, like you said. I kind of work with anybody I want to work with. So I don't really put limitations on myself because I feel like people could show me different things I haven't um, seen before. And I also, I'm pansexual, so I really just like Really, anybody I'm attracted to. Listen, I had the knowledge. I'm trying to educate, trying to educate you people. Okay, <laughs> I don't want to be like the other podcasts and just like give you all the hardcore sex stuff. But there's a lot that goes into BDSM, kink and fetish, and sex work. A lot of people just see the sex part, the impact plan, stuff like that. But there's a lot that goes into it, like the freedom of being who you are, which is one of the things I want to talk about as we're getting to the, the end of the show. Being into kink, BDSM, and fetish, being a sex worker, 
being your own boss and being able to be creative on your level and your terms and doing everything that you primarily want to do. How has that affected how you see yourself, your self-esteem, um, just the things that we're, we're about we're about to get deep now. We're, we're I want a lot of people know the sexual and the physical, yeah. but I want you to explain to them the mental. I'm so glad you asked me that. that question because I'm a very spiritual person. So I'm so glad that you asked me that question. Um, growing up, I always struggled with depression, um, feeling, you know, guilty about who I was. But in actuality, like people will shame you when they don't like what they see, but you should never feel guilty about the shame that you receive. And I was just feeling so guilty because all I'm hearing left and right is yada, 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 from, mostly from my parents. So, you know, when I was working all these different jobs, you know, I was teacher, group home, warehouse, management, um, retail, did almost every job you can think of. So then when I landed in the sex work and I'm like, okay, so I don't have to work a nine to five job and do automated tasks all day long. I actually can use my mind to be creative and think about stuff and be innovative and actually focus on my health. So then I got into herbalism and I started learning about like how to naturally heal yourself. And then I started getting into yoga and it really, really started getting into my spirituality. I was agnostic for a while. And then I just realized how important things like meditation is and affirmations and like getting in tune with yourself. And I think when people, are stuck in those nine to five jobs. It's really hard for you to make the time to do that. And it, it it's so crazy when the, the start of your day, a little simple 10 minutes just to yourself can really just change your whole mental state. Yeah. So I was depression, struggling through depression, back and forth, back and forth, because I was trying to be something I wasn't, because I was trying so hard to please other people. Now, being a sex worker, you don't care. You really don't care because you're already putting your body out to the world. So you're just like, let me live my life the way I want to live it. And then I think when people do that, you already labeled as the other or the outsider or, you know. So in your mind, you're just like, people are going to judge me anyway. So I might as well just do whatever the hell I want to. And I think living that type of life, because you only have one life, you're living that type of life is going to be a more fulfilling life. I don't know why people try to live miserable lives i don't get it <laughs> you know people are always glutton for punishment that's 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 how i see it <laughs> so if people want to see more of you this is this this is this is what we call what we call shill this is where you get your shill you give your pitch tell people where they can find your stuff if photographers may want to work with you tell them where they yeah. can be able to contact let's give give the people all the info they need to get more of you into their life. Okay, if you want to add me on Instagram, um, my at name is Peach, the letter S, Crush, C-R-U-S-H. Um, if you want to just go straight to my naughty, naughty website, it is <laughs> peachfuz69.com. And there's also peachfuzz2zsxxx.com. And you can also find me on Pornhub and X Videos and X Hamster. <laughs> you got, you got, you got to get, you get your AVN next. You, you I, I, I'm going. I know. I do. I do. I do got to get that. But I'm excited because I'm going to go to AVN for my first year this year. Oh, yeah. See, listen, listen. And I'm also going to be in Exotica, New Jersey if you guys are going to see me in October. See? Stay tuned. Follow. Trust me. Yes. I know. You don't even have to tell me anything. I know I have to bring her back. I'm going to bring her back. 
I hope you have fun doing this interview. Yo, this was lovely. I had so much fun. Listen, she was like, she was like, yeah, we can, we can do it. She was hesitant when I first pitched this to her. She was kind of hesitant. Like, oh, people gotta listen to me talk. <laughs> See, you, when you talk to people about stuff that they're passionate about, easy peasy. The easiest 30, 31 minutes I've done in a long time. But thank you once again, people. I'm gonna put all the links and contact stuff. And the blurb for this, so stay tuned. Definitely give her a follow, and definitely gonna bring her back because she's awesome and kick ass. And you know, we need to support more sex workers, models, directors, creative directors, producers, people of color because it's not getting done as much as it should. So, thank you once again. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. See you, everybody. Well, that was another fun-filled, informative episode of Everyday Kink. i like to thank Peach Fuzz for coming by and talking to us and bestowing with us some knowledge and some insight, not just on BDSM kink and fetish, but on sex work and her spiritual and mental experiences and adventures and journeys through this fun wacky world that we're all in some way shape or form involved in hope you guys enjoyed the episode and trust me stay tuned because we're going to have more exciting guests to interview and more hot topics to interview peace